to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me, whether you're joining me from the podcast or over on YouTube. I appreciate you being here. We are having a conversation this week about the art of conversation. How ironic. Uh, If you have been um, around for probably the last 10 years, you realize that conversation is actually becoming a um, unusual situation. Lots of um, conversations are, are happening via text or email and it's all electronic. And it's not easy to have a conversation when you're doing it electronically because no one's talking back. And where you really see this prevalent, um, people specifically talking at people instead of with people is on social media. Everybody loves to share their opinion, share their advice. And um, typically people aren't really (laughs) looking for your opinion or your advice. They want to share their own. And so I thought it would be beneficial to um, my listeners as business owners to take a look at creating conversations, specifically in an electronic medium. And so it's much easier, I think, to hold a conversation with somebody when they're face-to-face with you. And that can be face-to-face via Zoom, it could be face-to-face in a actual location, if you're allowed to do that, depending on where you live, a lot of states are still struggling with COVID. Um, But regardless, conversations need to happen in order to build trust and in order to build relationships. And marketing is going towards relationships. It's always been, um, business has always been about relationships and buying from people that you know, like, and trust. You've probably heard that at nauseum. But with COVID, it's become even more important to create that trust and build those relationships in an online capacity. The reason being is that people love to have the opportunity to do things from their couch, but they also crave connection. And you can't have connection if you aren't creating conversation. And so without further ado, let's dive into, I have six different ways to create conversation um, specifically online, but you could use these as well in regular face-to-face conversation. And I originally titled this podcast, the spirit, the spiritual art of conversation. One, I'll just start with number one. Converse conversation starts with being silent and listening and being present to those around you. And there's a spiritual sense to that because as human beings, we struggle with silence. And you really have to practice, whether that's through meditation or um, just praying or whatever that might be for you. You We as humans have to practice being quiet. We live in a very noisy world and we're used to having not only conversations happening outside of us and words happening outside of us, but in our own heads. And when we're having a conversation in our head and we're trying to listen to someone else, something's going to get missed. And when you show up and you're present and you can silence your own voice in your head and silence all of the things you should be doing, you're going to show up differently. And when you show up differently, 
because you've done the work to quiet your own mind, people are going to take notice. You are going to be the one that they are attracted to on social media, that they are, they stop the scroll to listen to you because you're energetically showing up in a very different way than people that are just putting it out there to um, sell their products and services. And so when we're creating those conversations, we need to start at home. And it's the simple, it's not, it's a simple method, difficult to implement. Um, It's that we have to start to become silent in our own heads and silent specifically in our own heads and with our words when we're listening to others. So we have to start by listening. Um, And that is not always easy. And so one of the best ways that I have found to practice this, and I am 100% still practicing, I still get caught, you know, with clients and things like that, because there's always to do lists when we're, when we're talking. Um, But really trying to stay present is to think in the moment about what they're saying. What are the words they just said? And I kind of repeat those words back to myself. And so instead of trying to fast forward to what's the next thing we need to handle, it's really like stopping and having a um, face-to-face interaction with them and saying, okay, what, what did they just say? And what exactly were the words they used? And because it makes your brain stop going, oh, I have 25 other tasks to be doing for this specific conversation. And the kids need to be picked up and the car insurance needs to be called and the, and the list goes on. And the person that you're having the conversation with picks up on that. And so when you're doing that online, whether you're recording a video or you are um, doing a live on social media or you are... Um, what am I trying to say? You are actually doing a a live training or you're somehow live in front of an audience. Um, It's much harder to create conversation when it's just you talking out at them. But if you're paying attention to them and to what they um, are asking and to the the things that are coming in, you're going to have a much better rate of connection. And that's going to lead us to Number two, and that is to ask questions about what they want. And this is how you get to know your audience. And it it helps you to um, go back to number one, which is listening to them, because you can't listen if you're not asking questions. And so when you ask questions and you discover what they want and what they need and what they're struggling with and all of the things that you have in your mind that you've already determined you know better than they do, Um, when you start to ask questions, you're probably going to become quite enlightened. (laughs) And I have had this happen to myself and to clients. And they're like, oh, I thought they wanted this, but they didn't. They want this. And um, it's funny how we we just make assumptions about what people want. And um, the better you get at asking questions, the more relatable and more deeper your connections will be. And so I came up with some ideas for... um, and I, some ideas and also a example for you. So there's lots of different ways to get feedback from your audience. And sometimes they'll resonate, sometimes they won't. But um, I'm going to dive into this, I think, a little bit. Nope, maybe it's this one. Um, I have two of these that are very similar. 
Um, but to ask questions and to not assume what they want, you can do surveys, you you can ask open-ended questions, um, you can, you know, get feedback from when you do live video, you can send out email surveys, you know, any of the things you can do to ask questions and get feedback. And then one of the mistakes that I made early in my business, and um, this is easy to do, is you might have two or three people responding, you're like, oh, that didn't work. It totally worked because you had two or three people that responded. And if you had two or three people respond on email, two or three people respond on social media, and two or three people respond, you know, to a video um, that you did or a live, a live video you were doing, that's a lot of feedback, especially if those responses and the answers are similar to one another, you learned something. And so somewhere along the way, we have this um, misconception that you can only validate a point if you have 500,000 people that respond back. Well, that's not reality. Even people that have big audiences, it takes a lot to get people to engage. And the more they have trust with you and the fast, you know, the, the deeper trust and um, relationship you build with them, the more likely they'll respond. And so the engagement will increase as the relationship builds. And so we have to start somewhere and I want you to give yourself grace to get there. And that's not something that honestly that I'm not very good at and I'm practicing, but I know I, I have observed it in other people and I have observed it in myself. And I think that we have this mentality as entrepreneurs because we've been told that, um, you know, you are going to start a business and thousands and thousands of people are going to show up and find you. And the quote that just came into my head was, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And even though the Red Bull commercial would convince you otherwise that it would be, it, it really wasn't because you have to take the steps to build the relationships to get further on your path. So when you're asking those questions, it enables you to stay in the present moment. And also most importantly, avoid jumping to conclusions about what your audience needs and wants. I have so many people that come to me um, for consulting services. They're like, oh, I'm going to create this, or I've created this, or I have this. And they have nothing wrong with, with what they've created for their offer. But I was like, does anybody even want this? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to create it. And then they come back three or six months later and they're like, it didn't work. I'm like, no, it didn't work because you don't have proof of concept. You don't even know if somebody wants to purchase this. And you went and created and spent all of this time building this thing and nobody wants it. And so to save yourself some sanity and to get focused in on something that's actually of interest to your audience, it starts with asking a question and being open to the response. So, if you have listened to this podcast as of, or tuned into this show as of late, you probably have heard me talk about my crafting obsession. Um, I specifically am a card maker and I have been making card cards and scrapbooking for probably 20 years. I took kind of a hiatus for a while and I started to get back into it during COVID because during COVID I was, I'm not really a big Netflix watcher and I just, I wanted to do something with my hands and I was sewing masks for a while and I was like, yeah, there's only so many masks you can make. And then you're like, I'm kind of sick of making masks. So I was like, oh, I should start making cards again. 
And so um, I follow a lot of card making channels. And one of there is somebody I follow specifically, her name is Gina Kay. And she is a brilliant marketer. And so now I'm obsessed, like I'm obsessed with her videos, I'm obsessed with her marketing. And um, she does this so well. So she's one of the few people in the crafting industry that goes live twice a week, both on she goes she goes live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and something else. There's four platforms all at one time. I'm like, you are crazy. Like, I don't even think I would do that. But she Oh my gosh, she has got so many diehard fans. And I've seen her do this. And it's just like, I'm like, Oh, my God, you're so brilliant. You're doing it. And um, she will do a live and she'll ask questions. And she'll take the feedback and she'll document it somewhere or somebody on her team will document it for her. And then she'll come back and she will answer the question in her next video. And so for example, let me give you an example. Somebody will say, Hey, um, can you show us how to do this technique? And she's like, okay, well, we can't do it on this card tonight because we've, you know, we're already in the, in the scheme of things, but I, I will, I promise to do that later. Or can you show us how to build a snowman or a snowflake out of this one, um, kit that has different pieces? She's like, okay, I promised, you know, we're going to do this. So then she'll come back a week, you know, maybe a later that week or the next week, and she'll do a tutorial based on whatever questions come from the audience. And the brilliant part of this is that she has also used this to create products. And so for example, one of the things you do when you um, make cards is you, you cut different layers of cardstock to create shadow and to dimension and all these different things. And so she has this product called um, master layouts, and it basically cuts those pieces of paper in the exact proportion so that it will layer perfectly on your card. And before she purchased those and before she went into the whole process of create finding somebody to cut those out of metal and package them and all the all the things for creating an, a physical online product, she was like, Oh, would it be helpful for you guys to have something like this to cut out these, you know, to cut out the cards so that they layered perfectly. And would it be helpful to have, you know, circles and would it be? So she was constantly asking questions and she asked two or three times to different groups of people. And she would ask on social media, she would ask in her Facebook group. Um, and before she ever put that product into motion, she had all of the social proof she needed that people would buy it. And she is killing it. She's got eight sets of these now. And I will tell you right now, 100% signed up for those. Um, I don't think I have all of them, but I have quite a few because hello, it's so much easier <laughs> to make your card. And so, yeah, um, but she has like eight sets of these now and they sell for probably $30 each. So she's just a master at that. And that's something that we can implement into our own business. Just take a cue out of her playbook and go and ask questions of your audience because it will pay for itself in gold. And so um, that was just an example that recently came up in my world about, you know, asking questions to get all of the market research and all of the feedback you need before you put a ton of effort into something that's never going to work. 
Um, and I've seen it again and again with clients and same thing. I'll have them go and ask their audience. They're like, oh my God, I should have not created this. I should have created this. Yes. And it's such a simple tactic and it's just something that we forget. So that's number two. Number three. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> um, there's a song. So Sarah Bareilles is one of my favorite artists and maybe you guys are familiar with her, but she has a song that's called the King of anything. And when I was creating this third point, what came into my head was the, the verse from that song that says you've got options or you've got opinions, man, but I never asked. And so often we think we know what's better for our clients than they do. And we, we don't do it maliciously but we look at like, oh, we have these great products and services and they need them. Well, we don't know that they need them. That's our opinion. And when we are basing business decisions and conversation on our opinions, we're gonna get ourselves into trouble. So instead, when you create conversation, rather than taking your opinion and your pre-biased misconceptions into the conversation, ask a question because if you are right and they do need to have your product or service the question will answer itself and all you're doing is validating what you already know and i just had a conversation this morning um with a client of mine and he is going to give a presentation to a group of C-level executives on Friday. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to prepare these slides. And da, da, da. he's like, but I wanted to talk to you first about strategy. And I said, OK, well, what are some key um, issues that they're dealing with, you know, at their level? And we talked about those. And then I said, OK, so how would it feel if you walked into a presentation and somebody first asked you, what were the things you were struggling with in your business? He goes, oh, that would feel pretty good. And I said, okay, so could you walk in and take with you your experience, your education, and all of the information that you have gathered with the only agenda being, how can I serve them with my tools, my education, and my experience with whatever issue they bring to the table. I said, would you feel comfortable doing that? Would you be comfortable saying, hey, what are you struggling with the most in your organization? And then sharing your knowledge experience and what works for you with them. He goes, oh my gosh, that'd be so much easier. And I said, do that. And so when you go to people, instead of saying, you know, I have all of the coaching degrees and this is the process that we need to follow, that is a huge turnoff because people aren't thinking about the coaching process you learned. What they're thinking about is I need to hire, you know, valuable employees that aren't going to leave after six months that are costing our company thousands and thousands of dollars because we can't keep them because we are struggling with organizational communication, organizational issues and leadership problems. And so when we go to our customers and we are actually open to hearing what they have to say and then bringing what we can do to serve them to the table, the level of conversion is going to be so much higher. And that requires listening, which takes us back to number one. Um, 
So leave your opinions at the door and instead bring an open heart and open mind and ask a lot of questions. And so um, number three is to, to just disregard what you think you know and instead find out what it is that you really need to know. So, and number four, this is a big one, and I'm sure you've heard it before, but people aren't looking for your solution. So I have seen so many people, just even at a conference I just went to, that are like, oh yeah, I do this, this, and this, and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And it's like this long practice elevator pitch that is just so many words shoved together and it means nothing. And so when you're looking at what you do, if you can immediately say, hey, what is the problem that my audience is having? And then describe that you help people solve that problem, your connection rate, your conversion rate, and your relationship index is, I don't even know if that's a thing, a relationship index is going to exponentially increase because most people aren't doing that. They're too busy worrying about what they're gonna say about themselves. It totally reminds me of when I used to do networking and I've been, I have done every networking event in the, on the planet. I even had my own, but when you'd go to BNI and you'd have your 30 second commercial and nobody was really listening to anybody else's commercial because they were sitting there panicked about what they were going to say during their own commercial. And so when you are worried about your commercial, you can't listen to what everybody else is saying to see if you can actually use your commercial to solve one of their problems, <laughs> which would make more sense because then they want to know, okay, well, that's awesome. Like she does that and I need that. And so when we remember that your perfect customers are looking for the fastest way to solve their biggest headache and we provide a solution to them that solves that big headache, we not only build trust and build conversation, but we build camaraderie because they're like, not only do they get me, they help me fix this and now I can sleep at night. And so if we look at a brand everybody knows, like nobody buys Heinz ketchup because Heinz does these commercials about tomatoes growing on the vine. People buy Heinz ketchup because they want their burger or their fries to taste better. And so I, I have to laugh at like the billions of dollars that are spent on advertising that are such a waste of time. And a lot of them, like when you look at the Super Bowl this weekend, or you know, the, the, this next Super Bowl coming up in January, I, I have a task for you. Watch a commercial and see if five minutes later, when you're talking about the commercial, you can even remember who it's for. Because I would bet 90% of those commercials, you're not even gonna remember what the product was. And I have this happen all the time. There's one right now that's a holiday commercial and it's this young girl and she's drawing in her little notebook um, to Santa different things that she wants for Christmas. And then her parents sneak in and they look at the notebook and like the last scene is she wants to see the reindeer in the sleigh. And so they recreate it with their dog in a sleigh. And um, it's very heartfelt. And you're like, oh, that's so sweet. And I had to watch that commercial no less than six times before I ever realized it was for Hobby Lobby. And I'm like, that seems really jacked up. Like if you have to see this commercial this many times to even know what store it's for, 
that's a problem. That's putting your solution before, that's trying to create an emotional connection for something that's out, out of the realms of your product. Another story. So number four is to focus on the fastest way to solve your customer's problems and talk about that. Number five um, is to continue asking questions. So this one is a little different than just asking preliminary questions. This is more about asking conti continuing um, questions that will further the, the conversation. And so this is ongoing. Like, so you might have like elementary questions that are just more like, or introductory questions that are more like, okay, so what is it um, we need to discover about our customers? and what they need. And yes, those should also be ongoing, but this is more like getting people to engage so you can test the waters. Like, okay, so um, for example, asking an open-ended question versus yes or no, um, instead of saying, do you like ConvertKit or not? It would be, you know, the question would be, what is your favorite email service provider and why? Or do you have, um, are you sending your emails through somebody that you love? Why do you love them? And, you know, comment below or something like that. And so you see these all the time on Facebook. <laughs> like there's all these, and people totally respond. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, this is so, this is the dumbest question. Why are you falling for it? But it works because it's getting engagement um, and they're getting feedback. And so, you know, one of the ones that came up is like, which of these four is your favorite pie? And it had like four choices pumpkin and apple and pecan and I don't know what the other one was lemon and so then people write their favorite one and so the key to getting feedback is to figure out how you can frame that around what you have going on in your business so the point of that being that you know you can't just ask the questions once and move on it's you've got to continue to pry and find um find out more about your people because the more you know about them, the easier it is to create conversation and build um, not only like social media posts, but any kind of content you're creating for your people. And that's gonna grab their attention. That's gonna keep them interested. That's going to keep them engaged and wanting to continue the conversation, which when you're talking at people, it's much harder to, um, engage that conversation. And a lot of what we do on marketing, online marketing is talking at other people. And so we need to be cognizant and plan to talk with people. So I wanna encourage you to continue asking those questions with your audience. So we've made it to number six. So nothing um, is more powerful than repeating back what someone said to them. And what makes it even more powerful is when you can repeat back their name and say, so what I've heard you say, Sally, is, and the reason that is, is that one, it creates an emotional bond with that person because they realize that not only were you listening enough to gather their name, but also you were listening enough to gather their problem. And you have formulated an answer to them. Now, like I said, most people don't listen, they just wait to talk. And so when you become the example of like, not only saying, not only am I paying attention to you, but I know your name, you have just catapulted right up to the top of the, hey, that guy's cool list. Because when you 
take the time and put forth the effort to get to know someone personally, you have started to increase trust, build connection, start a relationship, and people feel comfortable and at ease with you. When you can use their name, even if you, now I am full on going to say I am really bad at names. And so I'm really working on that to hear what people say and catch their names. And sometimes you, I don't know that you can do those tricks like in your brain where you're like a way to remember it. But regardless, if you can use somebody's name. So here's a perfect example. Going back to Gina Kay. She has the luxury, of course, because people are commenting when she's doing her lives to have their name in front of her. She very consciously says, though, Pamela wants to know, you know, which color is best for Christmas to use on your cards. Well, Pamela, there really isn't a best color to use, but here are some colors that go well together. So you don't necessarily want to mix green and orange because it makes brown. So you probably want to do like green and this color red. Or if you want to think outside the box, here's some trends that I'm seeing where people are doing aqua and teal and black together for Christmas. And it's very non-traditional, but it's beautiful. And here's some places that you can see that. And here's some of the colors that we have. So you can see what that looks like. So Pamela, what color of cards are you thinking about making this year? And meanwhile, Pamela's like, oh my gosh, I totally got chosen. Gina's talking about me and she's answering my question. And she just right to the top of Gina's fan club. And so when we create that connection with people and we create that conversation with people, they can't wait to continue it. So that's number five is just create that emotional bond just by being invested in that conversation. That's what I have for you for this this week. I so appreciate you tuning in. I hope you take some of these tips and implement them into your marketing. I would love to know from you um, whether you comment below the video or you leave me a comment over on the blog post for this um, podcast. Which of these do you think you're gonna try um, in your marketing? And if you do try one, come back and tell me about it because I wanna hear how it went for you. So thanks for tuning in this week. I can't wait to catch up with you next week. In the meantime, be well, take care and stay safe.